Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned in to the Rebel News live stream on this, a Thursday, February 3rd, 2020. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Let me tell you about my co-host, folks. This might be the year of the tiger, but 24-7, she's got the eye of the tiger. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is my dear friend, Sheila Gunn-Reed. How are you doing there, Sheila? David, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking. I do sound a little plugged up, but nobody worry. It's not the cron. It's not, <laughs> it's not the cron. Don't worry. Um, before we get too far into the weeds, I should let everybody know that we're going to actually, instead of going long, like how we normally do, um, we're going to cut off a little bit early because we are going to go live to the live stream of the organizers of the truck convoy in Ottawa. They're hosting a press conference, so we're going to cut off. Uh, to make sure that we don't miss that because um, the mainstream media is going to tell you what happened. We want to exactly show you so you can, you know, like believe your own lion eyes and not the CTV. So that's what we're going to do. So we'll try to tie, keep the show a little tidy today. Gotcha. And by the way, that is the same mainstream media that are embedded with law enforcement, <laughs> whereas we are the ones embedded with the actual truckers. I guess the mainstream, yeah. the CBC types, they don't want to get uh, too up close and person uh, personable with the deplorables, right, Sheila? Yeah, they've got it in their head that this truck convoy that descended on Ottawa like seven days ago now is somehow violent, but we can't seem to find the violence. But if this were Black Lives Matter and they descended on a city for seven days, it would be just rubble and ash and destruction. Yeah, and you know, it, it, and to show you how nonviolent they are, there's that fantastic clip that Lincoln Jay shot. And he's still in Ottawa, folks, along with Alexa, yeah. where you know it was a counter demonstrator. I think we talked about this briefly on Tuesday, and he had it was a profane sign saying, uh, I think, some theme of white supremacy, and and it, it was such a, a thing of beauty because a um, visible minority man, maybe was Hindu or Sikh, comes in and basically says, reads them the riot act. You don't know what you're talking about but what i'm getting at sheila is is the fact that um uh this man as far as i could tell even with his profane ridiculous sign uh was not molested in any fashion and i could only imagine if a counter pro a solo counter protester went to blm or an antifa rally even us as reporters with no dog in the race how we're treated it's it's with a physical assault so where's the danger? <laughs> yeah, even the left knows there's no danger, yeah. right? Because if they thought it was dangerous, those, you know, weak, undersoyed or oversoyed, underproteined individuals <laughs> would not be able to go into a protest of truckers if they thought, you know, 100,000 truckers and their closest friends were violent. Uh, we should tell everybody, though, where we're streaming today because we have an additional place that we're streaming. Oh. So we... Yeah, we stream on YouTube up until such time as we talk about things that YouTube says that we're not allowed to talk about, and that's when we cut the YouTube feed off. So if you are one of those one point, roughly 1.6 million YouTube sets of eyes watching us, when we cut off the YouTube feed, why don't you join us on one of these other platforms like Odyssey, Rumble, and SuperU. Those are neutral platforms. They're free speech platforms, and they don't care about your politics, and I don't care about theirs, and so far, so good over there. And those three platforms allow you the opportunity to support us through a Rumble rant, an Odyssey hyperchat, 
or a super you shout. And if you send us one of those, we will read your question, query, comment, or story idea on air and David or myself will do our very best to address it. But we also have another platform. So this is five in total that we're streaming on right now. We're on Getter. So that's also the free speech alternative to the censorship platform of Twitter. And we're live streaming there. So if you're tuning into us on Getter, hey, nice to see you. This is my first time streaming over there. I hope you uh, appreciate the show. And what is a Getter super chat called, Sheila? Oh, we don't. <laughs> Just we can't get her any of those yet. <laughs> oh, we don't get. Okay, then. Boy, no. lot, lots to remember. And I think most of the show today is going to be YouTube friendly uh, for yeah. a change. Um, and I guess why don't we just get to uh, the top of the order, front page probably in every Canadian newspaper. Um, here's the Toronto Sun, no tool. Uh, I, I, or as uh, his speech would have indicated, uh, O'Toole me once, shame on you, O'Toole me twice, shame on me. Um, Sheila, that, what we saw unfold yesterday afternoon, that desperate man with that desperate speech, begging for another chance and n totally tone deaf to the irony. Basically, I'm paraphrasing now, but saying to the caucus in the uh, Conservative Party of Canada, I can change. I can I can be more like you. I can I, I and not realizing that it's this flip flop uh, yeah. attitude of his that put him in this predicament, uh, you know, once and for all. And. You know, Sheila, um, we have uh, Candace Bergen named as inter interim leader. I guess the race is now on to see who's going to be the bona fide leader moving forward. Uh, who's going to lose to Polyev? Is that <laughs> like that's what we're that's what we're testing out here? Who's going to lose to Pierre Polyev? Yeah, Aaron O'Toole. He in the span of about 24 hours. He flip-flopped again, even while he's begging for his leadership. He went from, I'm not backing down. This is who I am. I've got the support of the people. I've got the support of caucus to, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'll change. I'll get it right this time. Not the last time and not the time before that, but I'm going to get it right this time and you can trust me on it. No, the, the party was right to toss him out as leader. I hope he resigns as MP too. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he issued a statement that he will follow the new leader. Um, Stop. I think at this point he just wants the salary, uh, Sheila. And maybe the uh, good folks of Durham, Ontario might send him a message uh, come the next election, whenever that is, probably in the space of 18 to 24 months. That's typically the uh, best before date of a minority government in Canada. And that played a role in this, Sheila, because... That ludicrous idea that we were going to wait till 2023 for any kind of leadership review, like when we're on virtually the cusp of an election. I think that was a strategic ploy by Aaron O'Toole, Sheila. It was yeah. like, hey, listen, we can't switch leaders right now. They just dropped the writ, right? Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was. And, you know, is it too much to ask for whoever is going to be the new leader of the Conservative Party of Canada? How about this? If you're going to say you're a true blue conservative, could you please not flip-flop to a red Tory once you get elected? We saw this federal and provincially. Patrick Brown, Doug Ford, Aaron O'Toole, Andrew Scheer, the list goes on. They keep advertising themselves 
of something they're not when they need support. And once they get power, they do this, you know, flip, Sheila. I'm getting a little tired of this act. Yeah, like liberals will just vote for Justin Trudeau. They're not going to vote for Aaron O'Toole, who has yeah. the same policies. You know, when he's like, oh, it's my carbon tax isn't a carbon tax. It's a levy. Yeah, that's exactly what Rachel Notley called it. And when you were the conservative, uh, when you were just a run-of-the-mill conservative MP, you opposed it and you opposed those word games. But then when you get empowered, those word games are perfectly fine. Um, I, I just, I, I'm just so glad he's gone. Hopefully the party can heal. They can be invigorated by both uh, a change in leadership, but also this groundswell of anti-Trudeau support mm. for the convoy. Because really the convoy is the anti-Trudeau vehicle right now. It's the anti-lockdown vehicle. And hopefully the party... Like, they adopt Ralph Klein's motto of see where the parade is marching and just jump in front of it and lead it. It's time to do that. You know, uh, Sheila, I'm so glad you mentioned the trucker convoy in Ottawa because I truly believe, and I know there are a legion of people that believe this, although the mainstream media is mocking this view, that this was indeed the catalyst that got O'Toole oh, sure out. And, you know, it, it's so shameful. Sheila, yesterday afternoon on CFRB Talk Radio in Toronto, I was listening to the Evan Solomon show, and he had a round table, and there were even conservative commentators on that, and the mocking attitude, it was unanimous, by the way, that, oh, yeah, the trucker convoy, they're saying we're the reason for O'Toole resigning. Oh, and by the way, said one in a mocking tone, the trucker convoy also claimed uh, um, be, uh, responsibility for the warmer weather that has descended in Ottawa, too. It, it was just so shameful. But I think that if you look at the timeline, this was the thing. And I think also, Sheila, that Aaron O'Toole blew an opportunity to set the record straight. If he went out and met with the truckers, and if he echoed the phrase of uh, Tucker Carlson on Fox News, that you are alive because of a trucker. Be uh, truckers are why there are groceries in the supermarket. Truckers are why there's medicine in the pharmacy. And he came out, because right now, Sheila, I still don't know if Aaron O'Toole is pro or anti-trucker, and that is the problem. Right. Uh, and echoing that sentiment, this is one of our stories we want to talk about today. Restaurants Canada, they're complaining. And it's funny because you and I shared a text message earlier today regarding this. So Restaurants Canada, they're saying Ottawa's in trouble because they're too scared. The restaurants are too scared to open their doors to feed these truckers who have not committed any violence, by the way. So restaurant operators in Ottawa's downtown core have been instructed to remain closed. For many Ottawa restaurants and other businesses, their right to reopen has now been delayed by ongoing disruptive protests. Oh, so the re right to reopen wasn't uh, delayed by the government literally closing them to customers. It's delayed by the protesters who want them to open, who want to be able to go into your restaurant and spend money there. They're not violent. You've got a week's worth of data on that. So open your doors and let them in. And you know, like, I can't get over after a terrible two years in the hospitality industry that these this industry group complainers, because they don't represent, they're the lobby group. They don't actually represent the, like, mom and pop small business group these are the guys who go jangle for pen for handouts from justin trudeau but 
you've got 100,000 people descended on your city after it being like an economic wasteland for two years. Why are you complaining? Open your doors and serve them. You tried to get a hotel room in Calgary or in Ottawa. How did that go? Oh, indeed, it's very difficult. And Sheila, uh, I got to tell you, um, in another life for seven years, uh, I covered the food service industry for a few trade magazines. And I can tell you, Restaurants Canada, which used to be called the Canadian Restaurant and Food Services Association, and then they rebranded themselves, they used to go up against government. I, uh, one clear example, when the GST came in, they had this huge campaign and they had merit in their um, efforts showing that the very same product bought at a restaurant is subject to GST, whereas if you bought that identical product yeah. in a supermarket, it is GST-free. It's an unfair, unlevel playing field. The point is they went up against government. Now they are donkeys for the government. They're, you know, they're basically implying or... Um, you know, copying the Trudeau narrative that it's so dangerous in Ottawa with all these horrible deplorables and white supremacists there that our members are, uh, are, are, are dying on the vine. Like you said, if any of these restaurants opened up, uh, they're packed to the rafters. Well, that's not true because of our premier. Uh, they're 50 percent packed to the rafters. Um, and where was Restaurants Canada a year and a bit ago, Sheila? when Adam Skelly opened up in defiance of the government, uh, they were nowhere to be found. And about if you ask them, they would say, well, yeah, yeah, we can't get behind, uh, you know, a rule breaker or civil disobedience like that. That's not the cat kind of cat we are anymore. So shame on them. And by the way, I want to expose another lie. Some of these restaurateurs of the people speaking for them are saying, there's just nowhere for our clients to park. They, the, the downtown is gridlocked. The parking lots are full. Uh, did you see those videos, Sheila? The streets were filled with more than 100,000 people who got hungry. Yeah. You don't need parking. They would have just <laughs> open your door and there'd be dozens of people falling through it. So it's all a lie. It's all another narrative to demonize the truckers and their supporters. It, it absolutely is. And I was just looking back to see um, A.D. Ezra had a tweet that linked to just how restaurants. Oh, here it is. Restaurants Canada. Ezra tweeted it four hours ago. These guys are on the take, too. The Meat Council of Canada the other day coming out complaining about the blockade at Coots, which we will talk to talk about in a minute. Those guys were on the take to the tune of a million bucks from Justin Trudeau. And uh, Restaurants Canada, same thing. They're on the take. Um, let's have a look here. Restaurant, uh, Restaurants Canada. They got $70,000 um, between November, 20, November of 2020 and April 30th of 2021. Um, wow. And it is. Yeah. So, of course, they're coming out. And there's more. Another $50,000 in 2018. Like, it just goes on and on. Uh, th these guys, every time you see... A lobby group come out in support of lockdowns? Just go and search on opencanada.gc.ca and you should be able to find whatever grant that they got from Justin Trudeau to curry their favor. This is the CBCification of the entire <laughs> economy. You That's know what? what it is. Sheila, is there any lobby group in that town that isn't getting greased by the Trudeau Liberals? And by the way, speaking of lobby groups and associations, and this also speaks to O'Toole 
and his devious and deceptive way of dealing with hard questions. When he was asked uh, last week, it was one of the press conferences, um, why aren't you going out to meet uh, with the truckers? And he said, well, that, I'm paraphrasing here, folks. Well, that's not true. I've reached out on several occasions to the Canadian Trucking Association. They don't represent those truckers. The lobby there. group? Yes. They're they're <laughs> all about the corporate interests. But you yeah. know what? But Sheila, it, it was too cute by half because a lot of people who might not know that, and you know, you can't because I mean, if you told me, um, hey, there's a, a, an association called the Canadian Trucker Association, I would assume they were the that's the guys speaking out for the truckers, and it's a it's a completely logical assumption. But the fact of the matter is, that isn't it. So it was, again, O'Toole trying to fool people, right? It's funny how fool and O'Toole rhyme, isn't it? But he was trying to fool people that he was indeed reaching out uh, to the convoy when nothing could be further from the truth. The Canadian Trucking Association denounced the convoy. Yeah, the, the Canadian Trucking Association, much like the Canadian Association of Journalists, <laughs> you know, just a mouthpiece for the government and for censorship. That's exactly what the the trucking alliance is. They're just a mouthpiece for the government. And, you know, they're just a lobby group. They don't represent owner operators. I bet you 99% of the truckers that converged on any convoy are not members of this at all. And how sad that all those dummies in the mainstream media at that press conference didn't make that the follow-up question. Well, Mr. O'Toole, the Canadian Trucking Association doesn't represent these people, so what exactly are you saying? Oh, no, 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 let's not be too impolite uh, to this outgoing uh, so-called leader. Oh, my goodness. Sheila, good riddance. Don't let the door slam on your backside. Uh, I am so happy that this guy is gone. It should have happened months ago, namely on election night in September. Uh, at least it's not as bad as the Andrew Shear long goodbye. What was that, 11 months? <laughs> all I hope is that all of O'Toole's communications people and handlers are put in a big fishnet and thrown <laughs> out the door at the same time as him because they are absolutely terrible. They were the ones that likely coordinated that meeting with the Canadian Trucking Alliance pro-liberal lobby group. They're the ones behind that. I don't yeah. think O'Toole... Or I mean, he, he went along with it, naturally. But they're the ones who would have coordinated that. So round the, lo the whole lot of them up and run them out of politics and pray to God we never see them again. But these people, they are not useful people. They'll be back again. They'll be uh, around sniffing around during the Ontario election. They'll be sniffing around out here in Alberta during the upcoming Alberta election. But we should remember exactly who they are and exactly what they've done. Excellent point, Sheila. I'm going to ask you this. His inner circle, because I really think... Uh, Corey Hahn. Corey Hahn, <laughs> who made me and my camera woman stand on a busy arterial road. He lied about the property threw line. Alexa out. Threw Alexa yep. out all over the place. Yep. And uh, and by the way, that day, uh, Corey Hahn said on camera, we have the footage, um, uh, yeah, well... Uh, We'll be welcoming uh, Mr. O'Toole tomorrow. That was election night as the, the, the new prime minister. What a dolt. Anyways, um, that inner circle of woke soy boys has to be eradicated. I hope they're not keeping the likes of Corey Hahn because if they are, 
we're going to go down this road once again, unless we have a leader with a true spine and, and says to them, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going further and further left. We've done that twice, and it was a disaster. What are you trying to do, give Trudeau another majority government? Yeah, and really, I don't even know Corey Hahn as far as I could throw him. And he's a little bigger than me, so I couldn't throw him very far. But I do know that in better times, he has checked me in to conservative media events. He checked me into the last election night, um, wherein uh, Andrew Scheer lost. Um, and he knew that I behaved myself and we behaved ourselves and we just did our job as journalists. But this was a directive where we are constantly battling with the liberals for access and journalistic access and free speech. And they thought, you know what? Let's replicate that. Let's be the, also the party that doesn't believe in the free press. They never offered the public anything different than Justin Trudeau. And so they wonder why people didn't switch over from Justin Trudeau. Well, and, and that is the problem. That was the problem of Erin O'Toole leading the Conservatives, Sheila. It became the Me Too uh, platform party when yeah. it came to liberal policies. And you Yes, know, and. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I give credit where credit is due. If we go back to the last election campaign in the fall of uh, 20 or summer of uh, 2021, uh, um, Trudeau came out of the gates, had an awful week, a, to a disaster. And a lot of people said, don't judge a campaign by the first week, which is valid advice. Then he had another awful week, two weeks in a row of awful uh, gaps on the campaign trail. Mr. O'Toole, on the other hand, had two solid weeks. He sounded like an ambassador. And then, you know, I don't know what happened, Sheila. It, 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 I liken it to, it's the guy on the high wire, 100 stories up, um, halfway along and no problems, and then he decides to look down and he goes, yikes, what am I doing here? Suddenly, O'Toole did those flip-flops. Carbon tax, as you mentioned. The gun ban, as you mentioned. And it was almost like, um, Mr. O'Toole, what do you stand for? And the answer was, uh, I don't know. What do you stand for? That's what I stand for. Um, yeah. It is the biggest mystery to me how Trudeau stumbled out of the gate so badly, two weeks in a short election campaign, and O'Toole did so superb, and then he blew it. He blew it. Why? Oh, I don't know. But let's move on from Aaron O'Toole because okay. let's leave him in the dust <laughs> of history, <laughs> of conservative history. And let's talk about the biggest story, I think, in the world right now. And our Rebel News reporters on the Alberta border are just absolutely owning it. Right. Um, as you said, the CBC, they are embedded with the police <laughs> <laughs> at the border. Um, and those ambulance chasers at the CBC are like actively seeking out disgruntled people who are having to wait <laughs> on the sweetgrass side. Um, but K2, Kian Simone and Sid Fizard, we sent them down to the border on Sunday night as things were sort of just popping off. What uh, By Sunday, what was a slow roll past the border turned into a full-scale blockade. And we sent them down, uh, it was like blowing snow, it was dark, and the two of them just grabbed a change of clothes and all their equipment, jumped in K2's little Honda Civic and drove down there. Kid needs a bigger car if he's going to live in Alberta, by the way, but he's from Toronto, so it'll take him a year to learn. Um, but, but they drove down there, it's like four hours from Calgary to the border, and they've been there ever since. We've had a lawyer there um, since Monday, Chad Williamson, you can support uh him and their legal fees at truckerlawyer.ca. We hired them a lawyer to make sure they didn't get steamrolled by the cops in their negotiations. 
And so it's been ongoing. There's a blockade there. So they're blocking the the border, but they are allowing uh, emergency vehicles through um, local traffic um, and the school bus through, because that's the thing with some of these border communities is the community itself isn't big enough to support like a full school or a hospital or whatever, especially in like in the prairies, the adjacent American community has some services and you have the other services because there's not a lot of people. It's just two villages. And uh, so Last night, actually, I should go back a little. The police have the entire entire community now at this point uh, blockaded off. So the truckers are blockading the border. <laughs> but to prevent supporters of the truckers from coming in with supplies and more trucks and more tractors and things like that, they've now they've basically cordoned off the whole community. And yesterday, and they haven't been allowing people to come in. The police haven't. But... Late last night, the police allowed a FedEx truck to roll through and another truck and another truck. So while they're preventing supporters of the convoy from getting in, they are letting commercial traffic go through. And the truckers were livid. And a farmer showed up and blocked off now the road again so that commercial traffic can't get through. He drove up with his big 4x4 uh, tractor and just dropped his bucket. Wow. So that uh, because the police have been making people who want to bring supplies in because they have the road blocked off now so that supporters can't get in. People are having to walk in from Milk River. It was like minus 38 last night here, and I imagine it's just as bad in southern Alberta where the wind is horrible. Um, they've been making them walk in with supplies from Milk River, which is kilometers up the road. Uh, Sid, I think, went and walked it last night just to see how treacherous it is. Um, but they're letting commercial traffic through. And that's when things started to really heat up last night. And so uh, time will tell what shakes out at the border today. But rest assured, we'll be covering it because we've got Sid and K2 there. And if you are in the area, would you mind throwing a pair of socks over a police blockade at those kids? Because they went down with just one change of clothes. And uh, it was kind of like not minus 40 when they went down, although they're both from Toronto. So I think they're learning a hard lesson here. Always be prepared for like horrible weather if you're in Alberta. But uh, yeah, they they could use a change of clothes, a shower and hot water, but they're they're doing the best possible job they could do and the whole world is watching them. Wow, I, you know, Sheila, until you told me that, I didn't know both of them were camping in a Honda Civic. I've had to sleep <laughs> on assignments overnight in a Ford Fusion, which is bigger than I think a Civic. They're sh I think they're sharing a hotel room at this point. Like they're sharing oh. one bed. They okay. were able to get one bed, but basically they're on location. Um, and so they just go to the car and warm up and like the Chad, the lawyer has negotiated fuel to come in for both the trucks, but also the RVs that are there because they're ready to get a propane and uh, gas for the cars so that they can run. But they are sleeping in one uh, double bed because that's all they can get. And they don't they're running out of clothes. <laughs> no, but but seriously, Sheila, isn't this amazing? The double standard when you talk about what the protest is about and who the protesters are. Two years ago this month, we were into weeks, not days, weeks of rail blockades in certain areas of Canada. And some of these blockades, uh, I'll tell you, in the Hamilton area, I came across the Antifa types. There were no natives, not, not a one. And yet, was there any strangulation uh, put on the conduits to prevent them from getting fuel, 
food, beverage, you name it. Oh, no. Medicine. Medicine. Not a chance. That would be very impolite. And the economy was getting hammered to the tune of billions of dollars. Billions. And we let these people get away with it for weeks. And yet, in a few days, oh, what a calamity. Look what these truckers are doing. We got to, you know, we got to starve them out. How do you square that, Sheila? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we should, uh, Mr. Producer whispers in my ear, we should mention Jason Kenny and Scott Moe because the truckers are doing something quite incredible here. <laughs> I think they are the catalyst for tossing out Aaron O'Toole. That, I think that's what fractured the caucus, Aaron O'Toole. And Scott Moe, as soon as the convoy started mobilizing through Saskatchewan, he was like, you know what? We got to lift these restrictions right away. Like, <laughs> right away. He's like, you know. That's his, that's his come to Jesus moment, is it? <laughs> yeah. When they started rolling through, he's like, ah, got we got to. We got to lift these restrictions. So he was an early adopter of a good idea here. Jason Kenny. He's come out in support of the truckers in Ottawa, but he has said what the truckers are doing at the border is illegal. However, in the span of about, I don't want, I would say 48 hours, the timeline of moving the restrictions back in Alberta has gone from the end of March to the end of February to wow. a couple of weeks to just a few days. Like last night, he said restrictions are rolling back in a few days. So the truckers have just like moved everything back because Jason Kenney doesn't want to have a happen to him what just happened to Aaron O'Toole because from what I understand, he's facing a caucus revolt from the rural MLAs because the rural MLAs see uh, our people are protesting us at the border. We would like to keep our jobs, please, and thank you. These Every single one of those guys, I guarantee you, was a UCP voter. Every single one. Yep. Maybe there might have been some separatist voters, but just there's not a lot of those um, in the provincial election. So every single one was a UCP voter, and the rural MLAs think, Oh, man, those are our people showing up with trucks and tractors. Those aren't the city people. We need to make it clear that we are with them. And now Jason Kenney has been told, OK, the rural MLAs are with the truckers. Jason Kenney starts moving the timeline back. And now he comes out last night after saying what they're doing is illegal, also accusing them of assault, by the way, the other day, said people allied with the truckers have committed assault on a police officer. We were not able to confirm that anybody was assaulted. Yep. There was a motor vehicle accident. Yep. An accident, by the way. It wasn't like a ramming or anything like that. It was an accident. No cops were assaulted. So Jason Kenney is getting the story wrong, and his MLAs are saying, you better do something here. We're in a world of trouble. And so now Jason Kenney last night comes with his statement, I'm with you. I'm with you guys. Why don't we roll some of that? Because it's ridiculous. Yes. I should have called for it sooner. Well-intentioned, law-abiding Canadians who are sick and tired uh, of uh, how COVID has turned their lives upside down. Uh, they're frustrated with all kinds of public health measures. Uh, and in many are frustrated in particular with the quarantine requirement for uh, cross-border truckers. So to those folks who've been out there trying to make that point peacefully and, and respectfully, uh, thank you. Thank you for... Um, using your democratic rights to do that. Thank you for sh sharing your, your passion and your frustration. Um, and I certainly hear you. Uh, I, to those here in Alberta, 
who have uh, participated in or supported so, some of these protests. Um, I, I, specifically, I want to say to them, <laughs> I am very sympathetic. <laughs> I'm leading a government that has repeatedly been attacked for having treated restrictions as a last and limited resort. Oh, he's the but victim. Understand we've <laughs> he's the victim here. <laughs> this guy, you know, like he's complaining, excuse me, my nose is running, about restrictions. Boy, I wonder if you could find the guy who could do something about them. Yeah, Sheila, he's very sympathetic. Uh, I'm sure he baked a cake with a file in it to give to one of those pastors in solitary confinement yeah. at a maximum security prison. This guy. You know, Sheila, it's amazing. Um, I, I just want to pick up on some of the things you've said vis-a-vis -vis restrictions in the name of COVID-19 and borders. You know, in the last few weeks, I've been watching the NFL playoffs, which, believe it or not, have been amazing nail-biting games. But that's not the point. The point is stadia in which the seating capacity approaches 80,000 people, packed, cheek-to-jowl yep. fans, no social distancing, no masks, right? And yet everything is a-okay. And then you cross the border, um, and uh, until very recently, if it was, say, a, a Raptors or a Leafs game at the Scotiabank Arena, the attendance, zero. And now they're allowed all of 500 people to come in for a 20,000-seat arena. I mean, just imagine that. If you're in Windsor, you can look across the border and see where the Red Wings and the Pistons play, and it's a full house. Uh, how does this make any sense at all? Furthermore, story just came out. Jordan Peterson says this should be on every front page yeah. newspaper. And it's from John Hopkins, and it's a study that finds the lockdowns had 0.2%, 0.2%, folks, so a percent of a percent effect on mortality. And yet, Sheila, I wonder what was the mortality rate for those suffering mental distress, people losing yeah. their business, people cut off from their social circles that might have uh, looked at self-harm, um, it is, this is, I, I believe it has not been peer reviewed and I can't wait until it is, but for two years, not two weeks to flatten the curve, Mayor John Tory, for two years we went through this garbage and it had a 0.2% effect on mortality. Shame on these leaders. It's all about what we've always said here, Sheila, that this is much more than a virus. This is about control. This yeah. is about politicians of every political stripe, municipal, provincial, state, federal, taking a little taste of totalitarian power, as our boss Ezra Levant likes to say. And you know what? They really dig that taste, and they want more of that Kool-Aid. Yeah, this is about politicians figuring out who they can and can't control. They're finding out they cannot control Albertans. We are the ungovernables, which I'm perfectly fine with. Um, but getting back to Jason, by the way, with that study there, when they say, um, you know, talking about just how it literally, these lockdowns destroyed lives and did nothing for the mortality rates. I can't wait to see when they actually do factor in the deaths of despair, because you know who commits suicide because of economic strife? Men. And, you know, we live in a feminist society that really doesn't care about men. 
uh, and their mental health. And so that's why it, it is really, it's truly the men, the blue collar men who are uprising. It's their lives on the line. Well, then thank God for the likes, and Sheila, Bell Canada, that every year has yeah. a Let's Talk Day uh, in terms of mental health awareness. And uh, this year, uh, a week after Let's Talk Day was Bell Canada's D-Day, which was to say that all their employees, hundreds, I assume, yeah who did not get double jabbed, including those, and we have an interview, I have an interview with one coming up. This lady worked exclusively 100% of the time in a home office. If you don't get the jabs, you were fired, and they were all fired on February 1st. In late January, it was Let's Talk. Jeez, I wonder if Bell moved the Let's Talk date so it wouldn't coincide with uh, February the 1st, just on Tuesday. And this particular lady, and there's many like her, worked in a home office, Sheila, um, never coming into contact with her co-workers or her clients 100% of the time. But uh, post Let's Talk Day, well, uh, Bell isn't talking to you anymore. They hung up uh, the phone and uh, gave her an economic death sentence. Uh, this is the society we live in because where is the science? Where is the logic enforcing that particular employee out the door? Yeah, and Jason Kenny, he's so sympathetic to us. He's so sympathetic. Well, you're literally the guy who locked us down. You could l open everything back up again. You're the guy. I don't want your sympathy. I want my freedom back, and I'm going to take it. That's the thing. I don't want his pity. I don't want his sympathy. I don't want him to try to relate to me. Leave me alone and let me go. Um, and when he says, oh, you know, our government has been attacked. <laughs> How about my freedom? I don't care. You're a politician. You're supposed to take political heat from the opposition party. That's part of our adversarial parliamentary system. If you don't like it, get out of politics. Give me back my freedom. You've attacked our freedom yeah. for 20 months or 22 months. You I don't know, care if your feelings are hurt as a politician. I really don't. And it's just like the conservative premier in this province, Sheila, Ontario. I, I, I will scream if I hear Doug Ford announcing more lockdowns, use the phrase, well, well you know, folks, uh, I'm all about small business. If I had my way, uh, I wouldn't do... Open for ha business. You're the premier. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're the, the buck stops on it's your It's literally desk. your... The, it's your way. It's your way. Whatever happens, it's your way. You're the premier yeah, in a majority and, oh, government. And Sheila, let us please all ignore that inconvenient sidebar when it comes to Premier Ford that his business, Deco Labels, they never shut down during the pandemic because you know it's essential. Uh, a lot of, yeah well it's essential we got they're making i presume those directional arrows for aisleways so you don't uh, you know pass somebody and get their covid cooties i suppose but um it, it the, this is who i have the most contempt for more so than trudeau uh, sheila when conservative premiers are going along yeah. this, because they're supposed to be our champion. They're supposed yeah. to be the resistance to this, and they're all compliant. And suddenly now, um, well, they're waking up, aren't they? Yeah, Scott Moe, he was, when that convoy rolled through Saskatoon, he was like, oh, time to open up. <laughs> it was like that afternoon, a uh, press release was out saying restrictions are rolling back. He, he just, at least he was like, 
quick on his feet with it. Uh, Jason Kenny, he had to be dragged kicking and screaming by a bunch of truckers and farmers at the border, causing economic havoc on the meatpacking industry. But that's okay. They'll it's be fine. inexplicable. As you said earlier, this is likely his very base. Unbelievable. Sheila, I know we're on limited time today. Do we have yep. some chats uh, that we must get to? We definitely do. Yeah, we only have six minutes left in the show because we have a hard stop because okay. we have to. We have that uh, press conference coming up, and we want to make sure that everybody who's watching stay with us because we're going to be broadcasting a press conference from the convoy organizers in Ottawa. And, of course, you want to hear what they have to say, not what the mainstream media said they said. This is the best way. Just hear it with your own ears and your, see it with your own eyes. Okay, so let's get through this. We've got Annalisa, 1964. Annalisa's got menzoid in the bloodstream like an AstraZeneca clot. Uh, 20 bucks. <laughs> Hello, sweet menzies. I have missed you so much. Sheila, you're amazing as always. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Fraser McBurney with his caps lock on gives us five bucks. Every government and every political party in Canada supported the mandates. With all the private information coming out, when will these criminals be charged? Look at the damage they knowingly did. They're not even going to get fired. <laughs> let alone charge. I think yeah. nothing's going to come of this. They're just going to open and just carry on with their lives and take their six-figure salaries and uh, just keep going. And they'll never be held accountable for all the damage they did to the entire country. John Entwistle, 20 bucks. In this day and age, all countries want a presentable leader to be the face of their country. It's a vanity thing, good or bad. Hmm. That's why Candace is the only choice to get elected, Candace Bergen. The thing is, now that she's interim leader... I don't think she's going to run for main leader. Where usually the interim leader is just somebody who's supposed to hold everything together while you do the other picking, which when I think that would have been an interesting race to see Candace and Pierre, and I don't know who would have been my favorite um, because Candace ticks a lot of identity boxes that the liberals care about, and it would be hard to attack her on certain things. Um, but Pierre is true blue, and he's right on all the issues. So um, it would have been an interesting race. I'd like to see who is going to run up against Pierre and lose. <laughs> That's my prediction. Um, MK Ultra gives us five bucks. Gotta love the optics of seeing the big FedEx logo let through by the cops true or not it gives the impression that government only cares about big business mm. yeah that's true john entwistle gives us 10 bucks david rocks i hope his wonderful on-air partner is in isolation i'm not sick i really i'm not sick i <laughs> i actually had a covid test two days ago i'm i it's not the cron i'm not sick it's fine i have a structural <laughs> issue with my sinuses it's it's not i'm not sick it's fine <laughs> I'm not coughing. I'm just leaky. <laughs> Razor McBurney gives us five bucks. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I hope you're talking about Jason Kenny. Um, because, yeah, there's a five alarm cotton dockers fire happening underneath <laughs> from, from like the waist down on Jason Kenny. Uh, MK Ultra gives us six bucks. Whatever happens, Kenny has to go. He's proven that he's weak and can't be trusted. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, if they're going to replace them, they got to do it right now, like right now, because uh, uh, Rachel Notley, she's fishing around already. She's already talking about, you know, like all of a sudden she cares about small businesses and she's like, oh, you know, like, look at the damage being done to small businesses by Jason Kenney not dealing with the border problem. She cares about small businesses now. She would have you believe. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, Georgie Georgie gives us 
one buck. The truckers forced everyone's hand, which I'm happy to see. Welcome back, David. Couldn't have come back at a better time. Yeah, it's all hands on deck here at Rebel News. I'm glad David's back. Oh, and I'm so happy to. And by the way, if anyone's in the Ottawa area, I will be going uh, to Ottawa, leaving on it tomorrow with uh, our ace shooter, Maurizio. So uh, I hope to see our uh, friends and fans there. Okie doke. Rod, <laughs> Ron, you're going to have fun there. I'm going to see if I can get down to Coots. I feel like those are my people. I would fit right in there. I'd be perfectly fine. Show up in my insulated coveralls um, from the trucking company my husband works for. It'll be great. Uh, Rod Ron gives us 10 bucks. Jason Kenny's a pansy boohoo. Doug Ford has too much cheesecake. I'm sure weighing scales <laughs> is not allowed in Queens Park. There's so many other things to attack those two for. Um, lean dog. <laughs> just so many. Uh, lean dog. 20 bucks. The police and government officials work for We the People. Film and record everything because the camera doesn't lie. Like Trudeau's funded lapdog fake news media. Hold the line. We support you. Isn't that the truth? I always think about Nick Sandman. That kid. His life was on a fast track to being destroyed. Now he's oh, a yes. very wealthy man once the whole video came out in context. And that is the benefit of recording everything, especially when you have the lying mainstream media around you. 100%. Trini Canadian gives us $2. Could this be Canada's Great Awakening? AD, play the video from The Convoy. I don't know. Can you do that or no? We'll do it later. I think we have to hurry up. <laughs> uh, he says he'll try to close the show with it. I Hopefully you watch it first before we <laughs> broadcast something inappropriate. Um, gee, sorry, I, my face is really sore, so I can't wear my glasses so i'm just squinting my way through this gme lindag 60 i'm sorry i really can't see it i have terrible eyesight uh five bucks love rebel news from texas here well thanks so much look at that david we did it on time we wrapped up the show on time Fantastic. Well, I want to say to First all time our, ever. <laughs> yeah, to all our viewers, thank you so much for your financial support. We really do depend on it. And of course, thank you to my co-host, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Uh, Sheila and I will be back on Tuesday uh, with more of the Rebel News live stream. In the meantime, folks, stay sane. <laughs>